Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Market Talk. We've been away for a little bit but we're back and we're raring to go again. Uh, this week we have Lakes Catering Maintenance MD Lee Howard and we have Mechline's Commercial Director Peter Galford. So welcome guys, thank you for joining us today. Hi, good. Thank you, Claire. Thanks for the invite. Thanks, Claire. Thanks. No props. Okay, I'm going to start off with Lee. So I know Lakes was kind of, it was planning at the beginning of the year to do a bit of a restructure in terms of staffing. So how have you gained the confidence to actually continue that now? Because obviously pandemic has thrown everything in, into chaos in the meantime. Yeah, yeah, it's a good, good question. Um, I mean, we've had steady growth over the last kind of couple of years, but we've not grown at a, a pace that's put us under kind of financial pressure. So um, we've always and we've always kind of reinvested back into the business. Um, and the role of productivity manager was kind of the next stage, really. And it's something like you say that we'd we'd plan towards the back end of of next year. Um, and COVID kind of put a kind of delay on that, really. Um, mm -hmm. And, but we're still keen to kind of move, move forward with that process um, because, we, I mean, we saw the role as being even more important, really, um, to support our future and protect, protect jobs. Um, so, I mean, while, while forming our kind of business survival plan, we, I kind of asked myself whether, the, whether, the, whether we still should be going ahead and whether the role was still viable. Um, but the whole basis of the role really was to support the engineers um, increase engagement really and develop um, skills and improve cost efficiencies and and better ways of working so mm -hmm. i think it was it was a no-brainer really that we wanted to carry on and move forward with that um you know with that role in the new normal really i think it's never been as important for survival to 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 uh, be as efficient as possible really so Sure, because yeah, you, you've um, appointed um, Richard Day to the role, haven't you? So yeah. it, it's uh, why do you originally think that this kind of engagement training and support role was required then? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got we have got a great team at Lakes, um, but I think you've got to keep kind of moving forward, really. Um, and I think we want we want to be the best at what we do and offering services to the food service industry. So. Um, and although we've got some great experience, I was as the business was growing, I was spending less time with the team, um, which was something I needed to address really. And we need, to, like I say, we need to keep moving forward, development, you know, develop the team, and um, you know, ch challenge them and reward them, reward them really. So, I mean, Richard's he's got great experience. He's got a great kind of level-headed approach. Um, his, his technical kind of experience is, uh, is superb. So um, I think we was working on so many different types of brands of, of, of equipment because we covered that kind of the whole range. Um, I just wanted to stay ahead of the game really and just, and I wanted to do, you know, do that in-house. Um, and I wanted a manager that could look after that really and, and create the right culture uh, and engagement with the team. So everybody at Lakes feels part of the company and on the same journey, really. Yeah, fantastic. And, and Peter, just to bring you into the conversation, um, do you want to bring us up to speed with, with life at Mechline? Have you, have you heeded Boris's advice? Are you, are you all back in the office now? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, actually, as of last week, um, the, uh, the entire business came back in. 
and we, we work like many companies on, on um, a much slimmer operation uh, over the last um, four or five months. And I guess key to that was um, constantly reviewing the numbers. You know, the numbers never lie, as I always tell our sales guys. Um, and so that analysis allowed us to constantly keep uh, reviewing uh, assets and resource requirements to match what you know demand and, and our support requirements were. Um, so, and in terms of preparation for the next few months, there's still an awful lot of unknowns, and that's the really, really difficult part. Mm. But the um, the key things uh, really on, on the back of what Lee said as well is. Um, recognizing that the status quo isn't the status quo and so we've got to change and we have been changing so keeping fleet afoot is okay um the the, the vision for trying to um uh, have a strategy for the company going forward it takes frankly a relatively common sense view um that you know every, everyone is aware of we, we're no exceptions um, that we've got to, uh, the way that we communicate with our client base, uh, critically the, the, the dealer and contractor and OEM business, is it's not just going to be different, it is different now, and certainly has been for the last five or six months, but I don't see it changing much for the next five or six either. And so the way we engage is going to be very different, and so not just in terms of the personal one-on-one uh, -on -one connection between an individual and an individual with business or the, the Mechline and Lakes, however that may be, but for the wider portfolio. And so what we what we have done is changed our internal systems and in terms of actually recruiting um, people with uh, greater experience and knowledge uh, on IT systems and more digital platforms. Um, it may seem a little bit backwards, certainly in your world of, of IT and communications, but for a lot of businesses like us, um, you know, we've, we've grown up in a world of, of, of product involvement, product development, and we've always been able to communicate that by talking to people, really, and demonstrating stuff in front of people. That's all going to change because um, companies are much more streamlined, there's greater pressures, um, you know, there isn't the resource levels there. And so we've got to try and find different ways of communicating uh, uh, as best we can. So our investment is in taking on board people with the different skills that allow us to evolve and evolve quickly. And um, because, you know, we can't wait for this anymore, just again, like many, many others. Yeah. How, how challenging is that to find those skills and then to obviously be able to bring that into a business that is change from a corporate point of view? Um, ordinarily, yes, very difficult. Um, the, the joy for us, um, it, we were already going down that path, but for different reasons, actually. Um, so um, I, I don't know which, well, I do know what's come first. Um, the, the general desire of us to sell more internationally uh, as a manufacturer means that we, with the greatest respect, we, we never wanted to have a, uh, a large sales force or lots of agents all around the world. That's all high cost that we frankly can't afford. So for us, the, everything really in the last, well, the previous 12, 18 months was looking at a much more grown up digital presence 
um, that, that allowed us to uh, uh, have our goods seen internationally, which has really been uh, come to the fore in the last six months. Because we were working already, we already had people we were working with uh, externally, just so happens that we've internalized some of that now. So it's, it, the, the becoming Mechline asset and a way of doing our business has become a, 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 a Mechline uh, profile rather than just an external communications or IT or, or, or website hub or whatever it may be. So trying to get our message across internationally 12 months ago has actually helped us in the last six months enormously and really is a blueprint for us going forward. Okay. Excellent, excellent stuff. Thank you, Peter. I'll just come back to Lee again. So how has Lakes' trade been over the past few months? Have there been many projects going ahead? Has servicing calls increased in the wake of the reopening? Yeah, yeah sure. I mean, obviously, sort of during lockdown, we kind of went into survival mode like, like everybody else, really, and we dropped down to a very small team, and um, I was back out on the road myself um, just attending um, NHS calls and just keeping the business ticking over, really. Um, um, but we kind of we started to see green shoots in June, uh, people getting ready for, for, for reopening. Um, and July and August have been great on really good months on um, on service and 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 one off one off replacement. Um, the project side of it, I think um, I'm still I'm, I'm work, still working on a, um, a few smaller projects towards the back end of the year, but um, I think there will be kind of there is a, certainly a de delay to some projects. Um, and I think people's confidence has been knocked uh, quite a bit. And I think, uh, like Peter was saying, I think mean, I think mean, um, I mean, just the uncertainty, I think, uh, is, is difficult for customers to kind of commit financially, I think, um, just because of that uncertainty. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, although it's not totally stagnated um, and I'm, I'm still working on projects into next year, I've, service is definitely kind of um, an area that we'll kind of be focusing on um, because I think it's, um, I mean, it's, it's always been one of our really, really strong routes anyway, but um, I think customers are going to kind of make do and mend and kind of in, protect their asset uh, for a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the, pro the project side of it does, does although it's to totally not stagnated, um, I think I think there is. I think it is going to be. I think it's going to be a while before customers get their confidence back. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, back to Peter again. How have you kind of maintained contact with companies like Lakes with your dealer network across this period? Um, it, it, with difficulty, <laughs> and <laughs> it's just recognizing that it is what it is. Um, we, we obviously have, everything has been addressed around um, maintaining the, the, the openness of uh, the business so people are doing business with us. In terms of um, communication, um, where, where, it, it's, where we can have it personally, then that's the best possible case. And really what we want to do is to find out who wants what from us because they don't want to be just drowning in phone calls and emails or whatever. And so it's tailoring it as best you can, say, how can we help? Um, and so ordinary business carries on, making people aware that we're just here, uh, or there even. And so, um, and, and then we are, you know, into the realms of, you know, respectfully 
um, emails, LinkedIn, Facebook, all the, the normal uh, channels, um, and, and making good as best we can. It, it, it's difficult because, again, you don't want to just keep going after people because we know they're really, really busy and it's very pressurized. And as Lee's saying that, you know, he, he, in terms of looking at the service world and the project world, you've got to focus on what they're, what they're best at. Um, and, you know, for us, we've got to try and follow that lead as well to say, well, how can we support you in that role? But we need that, that two-way dialogue, really. We need to know how we can help and support. And so that, that's really important. And, and I guess one of the biggest problems has been where, you know, the, the people have gone quiet and it's difficult to know, you know, are they there? Are they operating or, or at what level? Um, and so that's the difficult um, uh, nature of it. But I guess having built the business, I, I would hope and care that this is the case, very much on relationship management and, and personality, uh, as much as what we like to think is, is really good. Um, it means that the likes of, uh, of Mark, who's looking after Lace, can have the conversations with Lee and his team, and it's very personable. Uh, and that's something which is, frankly, gold dust. And, and rather than just relying on emails and, and, and uh, you know, IT-created comms or whatever it may be. And I hope that is the case. People know we're here. We don't want to go chasing necessarily all the time. We put the information out through you guys in the trade press about products or initiatives, anything we're doing. And that normally spawns a high level of response as well to which we, we return to. So, um, yeah, it's difficult. Uh, it really is. And, and these are unprecedented for anybody these times. Yeah. Peter, looking at your product set, you, you've obviously got um, several brands there that really lend themselves to the um, the kind of hygiene and cleanliness and, and efficiency side of the market. Um, what, what has it been like over the last few months as operators have adapted to the new climate? Um, <laughs> so um, the, 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 the quick win relatively, albeit I th that there, there's something that we care to see much evolved. Um, so uh, hand washing, general hygiene, cleaning, that, that, that has been at the fore of uh, everyone's thinking. And so the quick fix to get products out there um, where hand washing, you know, not always had the importance it should do, not in this country, in terms of the, the legal obligations, the standards, uh, the, the food safety uh, uh, standards, etc. So they, that, that was a quick win for us uh, and indeed many others as well. And we've constantly been promoting hand-free, hand-washing systems. And it shouldn't be optional. It just, just should not be optional. And when you go to other countries and see the legislation, it just it's normalised. And so that's one of our great clarion calls, really. Uh, hand hygiene and safety from that point of view. Um, but we do want to, to see that promote and push from the operator side. And... Um, you know, getting into legislation, I know, is long and drawn out, but it just shouldn't be an option. Um, and, and, you know, in countries where they created the legislation, the drop-off in, in um, out-of-home eating incidents of food poisoning are staggering. And so the same thing applies for, for COVID and any transmittable uh, diseases. The same thing applies. Um, Relative to the, the other, um, you know, the huge initiative we've been party to in terms of uh, air and surface sterilization, 
and fortuitous or not we launched hygienics um, at the back end of last year um, we were at the, the the show at XLHRC in, in mid-February and launched and I think it was there that you Andrew or, or Claire may have coined the safest stand at the exhibition and um, where, where this technology uh, uh, was developed was clearly on, on, on the hygiene side and the, the um, promotion of, of um, uh, food uh, longevity of life, reducing viruses and, 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 and such like bacteria. Of course, little did we know of, of the quickly, the, the, the rush for us to be able to answer the question of does it kill uh, you know, COVID and COVID-19? Um, we didn't know because no one had ever asked us that question before. Now, very quickly, um, th th that then followed an awful lot of research and testing, pulling a lot of historical data. And of course, the answer is yes, yes, but there's a significant caveat. Um, we, we, we've seen a lot of rather silly claims in the last weeks and months by people talking about um, this product absolutely guarantees to, to kill COVID. No one can actually say that because to the best of our knowledge, you can't actually test against that specific virus because laboratories around the world haven't been allowed to do that. What we do know is as, uh, uh, as an envelope virus that the, the many of the co-families, the novavirus co-families uh, uh, are killed through plenty and plenty, plenty of testing results. So we know by association, yes, it does. And, and the key thing for us to get that message across, um, because as is always the case when opportunities arise, there's suddenly lots of other products turned up into marketplace as well. And there's, there's a, you know, a, a lot of uh, you know, different information sources. Um, and to a degree that also raises concern, sometimes cynicism, saying, yeah, you just jumped on the bandwagon. Um, well, we were already riding up front, really, with this, say, back in uh, October, November last year. It just so happens we know the technology works, that dual-wave band ultraviolet uh, uh, um, ultra uh, germicidal lamps, and indeed the PCO, has a fantastic kill rate. Uh, and so that's really the, the key element. And also, what's um, important for people to know that something is working 24-7, it's not just having guys turn up you know, once a quarter or once a month to do a, a quick blast around the kitchen and walk off again. It's like I say to many people, it's like going to get your car washed. The minute you drive out the car wash, it might be clean, but as soon as you start driving, it isn't. So you, people need to have 24 seven systems working in place. So yeah, there's a lot of work to be done there in terms of presenting the information uh, to ensure that people in operations can be guaranteed of technology to support them um, and, and that's really really important and um, can I just add what's what what's, uh, I was picking up on one of your sorry I know you there's a time there, but I was picking up on one of your uh, features last week Andrew about the issues of the eat out scheme and yeah. the fact that um, I forget the name of that you had a um, sorry I did write his name down Andrew Howe who was from a, 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 a writing a piece about this eat-out scheme is all very well and good in the summertime, but what happens in autumn and winter? Well, what happens in autumn and winter is that operators are going to have to work differently. And one of the key things for that is that they're going to have to ensure that they can promote their, their premises as being 
clean and safe as absolutely possible. And that will mean the use of technology as well as really good operational standards. Yeah. That's how they can promote the, the, themselves in the autumn and winter months. Yeah, we've there. definitely seen an inquiry for um, an, an uprising inquiry for um, electronic taps, touch-free hand wash basins. Um, so I think people are, I think you're right, Peter, people are uh, coming around to the idea that they need to kind of get their house in order with that, with that side of things. So. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And, and, and Lee, to, to keep with you, um, you know, from, from your perspective and your position in the market as we move forward, what, what are you looking for in terms of support from suppliers? What, you know, what, 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 what's important to you moving forward? Um, I think Peter hit, hit the nail on the head before. I think we still want, we still want some kind of personal uh, contact there. People deal with people. I really truly believe that. Um, but yeah, I think um, it's just good to know that um, just a quick phone call every now and again, just to say we're here. This is what projects that are kind of shifting at the moment, um, and just having the support really to have you know for us to be able to market um, things like the high the hygienic to to our end user really. Um, so yeah, just um, I think we 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 can get bombarded with with kind of like reps and phone calls and emails sometimes, but. Uh, Covid's kind of put a stop to that, really. So it's, we've been getting more done. We've been getting more done, really. And our position on the M6, we always used to get people calling in for coffee, and that's kind of stopped now. So, um, but it's, it's every great. cloud it's great. has a silver lining, <laughs> or not, yeah. as the case may be. Yeah. Um, we're we're approaching the end of our time now, but I'd like to close uh, by asking both of you the same question, and I'll come to you firstly. Um, how do you see the, the next year or so going in the catering equipment and commercial kitchen fit out market and, and equipment supply chain? How do you think yeah. it's going to go? Um, again, I think, um, I think, like I said before, I think, I think projects will be less likely to kind of go ahead um, until there's some kind of certainty with maybe a vaccine um, and some kind of, you know, kind of, security and, 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 and a bit more certainty to, to, to the future, whether, I mean, it's still, I think it's really, really early days, whether we're gonna, gonna get, get a second spike. Um, and I think winter might be quite difficult. Um, but I mean, the feedback that I'm getting from the customers in the lakes that there's a strong evidence that there's gonna be like an extended season. So, um, mm. and there's been a really good couple of months that people have been kind of reporting kind of 90% up to up to 98 percent uh occupancy in in the hotels which is great and mm -hmm. um, the feedback i'm getting from customers they're, they're booked up right and right until into november um so i think i think the, i think the challenge will be and i think peter like peter said before i think once customers lose that outdoor space and people have to move indoors um while still trying to maintain social distancing it's how they can it's how they can keep their numbers or their turnover up while reducing in numbers potentially so um but yeah also, i think heat lamps and shelters i think otherwise yeah, yeah. <laughs> indeed and so the next... same question to to peter how, how do you think that the market's going to progress over the next month and, and year well listening to the analysts whether it's simon stenny or peter backman or cga you know i think we're all pretty aware that there's a lot of unknowns What's really good is the staycation. So the fact is there's going to be, you know, like Lee was showing in the Lake District, beautiful area. 
you know, that is going to help the numbers on, in the internal market unquestionably. The, the, the bigger picture, you know, um, shopping centres, city centres, um, you know, th these are tough, tough areas. I think mm -hmm. habit is going to have changed. And it's up and, and the, the eat, you know, the, the, the delivery market, um, the uh, uh, you know, eat at home market, or, or the, the safety, the, the, all these things are going to force changes into market. One of the things I think the uh, government can help with is looking at, you know, where, where business and industry contract caterers have realized it's going to be a change is that a lot of more people, when they do get them back into the office, are going to try and keep people in the offices because that's going to promote, you know, safety and well-being. And so their office is going to need to change rather than, it's not that people are going to be stopped from going out, but they're just, there's got to be a sense of discipline that may be coming into workplace situations. I think the government could do something. It'd be a long, it'd be a long, long old haul. I know that. But relative to schools, everyone's worried that kids have gone back today. But you know, whilst we've got the the, the primary schools with, with the the efforts that were addressed six seven years ago, then really in terms of education, what a challenge to try and get people to actually stay on school campuses to eat for heaven's sake. Wouldn't that be fantastic? So that's something as a as a program that could be encouraged and then again you've, you've got your controlled bubble to a degree but you know that's that's for another day i think changes in the market also training how we've communicated that i think the initiative that cedar ran earlier this year with regards to a lot of product training that's going to carry on so distance learning and that's got to be encouraged because people have got to be aware of new products coming to market i think the 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 big problem the kind of thing that nobody wants to talk about as, as companies are you know, starting business again, unquestionably is going to be finance and credit limits, and that is going to test everybody. I think the sooner we get bond programs um, you know, lined up, so you know, through um, certainly possibly the, the, sort of come, uh, the, uh, the purchasing consortiums, that will bring a lot of uh, um, if you, you know, faith into the business relationship because it needs backing up. And so uh, distribute, you know, the relationship between suppliers and distributors is going to be tested over these next months. Cash is going to be thin. And so it's got to be fair. It's got to be fair both ways. It's got to be transparent. And that's what we'd always encourage with, you know, uh, distributors and dealers and contractors talking to us. You know, just tell us, guys, give us, a, give us a heads up and we will work with you. Um, and so help us out. Um, but the idea of a bond scheme, you know, to help, you know, with some of the, the purchasing consortiums, that would be an absolute winner. You'd have people queuing up for that. Because I think that's what's going to test people in these coming months. Because there's not an awful lot we can do about the operator market. Um, but we can try and manage the business between ourselves and say it is very much um, you know, a relationship uh, uh, whereby people have got to be open and, and honest and, and talk through and say, this is where we are. These are the terms we'd like. This is what we can uh, allow. So mm -hmm. that's going to be a challenge for people in the next three to six months. I know that. Thank you very much, Peter. I think that's a great point to leave it. Uh, thanks both for joining us this week and join us again next week, everybody, for another episode of Market Talk. <laughs>